Welcome, friends and fiends. This is your host, film critic and comedian, Nate Wyckoff. And I'm here to tell you about an exciting giveaway that Warner Brothers Discovery and Colton Classic Films LLC has put together to build your 4K Ultra HD film collection on digital. We are giving away four codes which contain digital 4K Ultra HD versions of Rebel Without a Cause, Maltese Falcon, and Cool Hand Luke. These are films that you absolutely must know as a film buff. You can get this code by being one of the lucky four people we pull from our newsletter list. So go to coltonclassicfilms.com slash newsletter and give us your email and your name and we'll sign you up for the newsletter and we will enter you in the competition. That's all you got to do. So please go ahead and do that. The contest ends on April 30th and we will send out the winning codes on May 1st. Thank you so much for being a listener. And here's your episode of Colton Classic Films Podcast. Welcome to Colton Classic. <laughs> Welcome, friends and fiends, to a new episode of Colton Classic Films Podcast, the podcast where we talk to you about two thematically linked films, one mainstream and one cult. Last week, we talked about 2015's film, Krampus by Michael Doherty, starring Adam Scott and Tony Collette, which was, uh, we all agreed, a fun, um, really great practical effect Christmas horror movie. Uh, and this week, we are following it up with Sister Krampus from 2021 by uh, Anthony and Mark Polonia. Yes, folks, it's another Polonia Brothers film. I say Polonia Brothers because I'm used to it. Uh, but the reality is, of course, that uh, now Mark makes films with his son anthony because unfortunately john polonia passed away unexpectedly in in 2008 and he's missed but uh the polonia name is still alive and well in the micro budget film world that's a nice way of saying no budget film world okay i i've talked a mile a minute as usual uh but i am your host nate wyckoff film critic and comedian and with us today we have mandy longley how are you doing mandy i um i am a sister and i've shown up not like a nun but like a, I, I'm here to represent the, the sister component of the sister Krampus. Yeah, film. like an actual I'm ready sister. to go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Literally, well, I mean, my brother didn't show up, but like you know. Yeah, you know, I, I guess yeah. I guess that makes Tad Krampus. Yes. Tad Mastrioni here as well. Mm -hmm. How are you doing, Tad? I got Poloniad. <laughs> uh, you did. You did. You weren't here last time for Helena Shelf. Okay. So before I get into the plot of Sister Krampus, um. Which, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, here's here's the Blu-ray right here. It's on Blu-ray and DVD from SRS Studios, aka Sub Rosa Cinema. Just uh, just to roll it back, but can that be like our thing? Like when people are like, "I got whammed or whatever it is, like for Christmas, I got Polonia. Polonia, like you can just like like sneak movies to us every Christmas, <laughs> and like maybe I don't we'll... think this is. I don't think this is even the first time I got Polonia. Is this how many, what what time what how many times has it happened has this happened to me now? We've only <laughs> there's been a few. You know that that should be the name of the podcast. Like you got Polonia. Um, yeah, I'll just I'll start doing things like we're doing Casablanca, and I'll just rename the you know Forget Helena it. shelf file. It's Polonia. Uh, it's Polonia. So anyway, yes. Yeah. So I have as as. Many lovers of SOV are shot on video, uh, 90s and 2000s era film, uh, and that sort of like go into the rental store. Wow, this looks weird and kind of not quite correct. Let me watch this. And then you fall in love with how weird and bizarre and no budget it is. That's that's the vibe of a Polonia film, and I, that's why I love it. Um, there's been, as there was a shift from the early 2000s where Polonia um, productions really came to the forefront of the micro budget world uh sort of a, a new leader in it since the 80s and 90s you know drifted away with feeders and feeders two sleigh bells which is also a christmas movie um they they sort of have gone on a trajectory of making more movies uh, some more technically competent film skills and equipment but there have been criticism that there's a lot less charm and content uh, you know they, they they make more movies than ever before and at the same time uh, some of them i mean we talked about hell on a shelf on this and um i i, I appreciate everyone involved but hell on a shelf was a, a terrible movie i uh, just mostly because 
it looked fine, but it wasn't much of a movie. There was no plot to speak of. It was a bunch of interconnected scenes and very nothing happened. Uh, so that was a problem. And it's disappointing because as someone who has always loved uh, the Polonia Brother movies, um, both the serious and more often than not sort of not serious or mix of serious, uh, I, it made me sad because I really wanted to recapture that, that magic. But like in the recent episode of Rick and Morty that just aired uh, a couple weeks ago, it's like get back to season one i hate that now what the hell does that even mean i totally get it things change people progress movies change uh that said sister krampus and we will all put in our two cents for sure is not hell on a shelf and that is in this scenario the highest praise um there is a story things do occur uh and 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 we'll talk about that the plot is that there is a nun in world war ii in are they in Austria? Is that what I understand? Uh, they're supposed to be in Austria, I believe. Austria. Or, or somewhere. I, they were I supposed forget. to be in Austria. I, I or like Sweden. They, I feel like they say, like, this isn't Austria as one line. Oh, and I forget what the punchline was. Well, there's somewhere in, 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 in Europe that was affected, in Western Europe, that was affected by World War II and had American GIs there. It, it opens with a scene uh, that is uh, certainly not filmed in Wellsboro, Pennsylvania, but is definitely, definitely uh, in somewhere in the Western European uh, fields where three GIs uh, have are basically murdered by Krampus uh, after they have, we find out through them worrying about it, uh, raped a nun so it sounds like heavy stuff i'm here to tell you this movie is not very heavy yet they really throw the hardballs at you uh <clears throat> so anyway so they 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 murdered and and krampus seems to take this um nun who's been kicked out of her convent since she soiled herself with men even though it wasn't her fault uh as 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 her bride and so then we shoot forward to current times okay we get the title all that jazz the the traditional polonia long credit sequence even though there's like 12 people total uh, <clears throat> long credit sequence and we get the polonia brothers uh names in there as well as the script writer orville buttress who is definitely not mark polonia certainly could not be mark polonia it's absolutely mark polonia uh writing as orville buttress <clears throat> but we have two sisters who are sort of arguing over who had the worst childhood because one left and one had to stay with dad, uh, but they seem to to get along. They run into our nun. Well, of course, it's contemporary time, so she should certainly not be the same age and not be, uh, I don't know, alive, uh, I guess, maybe, but she might be alive. But anyway, uh, she finds out they're American and leaves says you should visit the convent on christmas because apparently it's near christmas and people can get taken care of at the convent for free at christmas and anytime because it's a convent so the sisters are like okay weirdo cool thank you um, and they go to the nearby town they get a room they get terrible food and they're served by local sort of i don't know what you would call her like um she's she's the aunt from krampus she's like the the sort of curmudgeonly down to earth saucy innkeeper woman esmeralda and uh as things under the bar who keeps milk under the bar fridge is not necessary now actually that is kind of a european thing um is very to, much to have so. warm milk mm -hmm. but there's there's comedic moments the sisters talk they're like this is weird uh and then we get intercut moments of sister krampus doing some sort of ritual that seems to be tying her to um the sassy sister the one that stayed with dad and uh she ends up falling ill staying at home basically we're getting some sort of possession story um the krampus and this isn't these are not really they're spoilers but guess what if you're surprised at the process of this movie um for the plot versus just how it's handled that's surprising but the plot itself not surprising so uh, anyway, we end up with uh, some some Krampus, some bride of Krampus, rather sister Krampus, killing people and then being uh, beaten by the sassy sister and Esmeralda. And Krampus shows up, which we'll talk about at the end in a little bit, at the end to sort of send them on their way. There you go. It's a happy ending, but at the same time, uh, the plot manages to shoot to to like cram in. Um, uh, rape of a nun, murder, uh, uh, like like dissension and murder of GIs, 
and uh, uh, incest. Uh, it manages to cram these things in here. And I know what everyone listening is thinking. They're like, this movie is vile. How could anyone watch this? I think your five-year-old child could watch this movie, um, which is bizarre because it is nothing is treated with. Like, it just doesn't have the 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 depth available to treat it seriously in any way. There's not a lot of gravity form. to it. Exactly. There's no it gravity. Just, it like the story, like they, yeah, like it, they just. Sorry, I'm like stuttering here because it's just so. It's hard to vocalize. Ridiculous and in flat, <laughs> but like they're telling these horrible backstories of all of this trauma <laughs> and abuse, uh, and mistreatment, and you're just like, are you reading me your grocery list? Because I don't right feel like <laughs> any of this is emotional or like believe believable like it's just it's not well, you know what yeah. it reminded me of i was thinking of this because uh my wife and i just watched they had a theater screening of um joe dante's gremlins uh the beloved 80s movie the first feature under steven spielberg's amblin productions um and written by chris columbus who of course did the first couple uh harry potter movies but the thing is with gremlins is that that people always forget including myself there's a moment where uh, the love interest explains why she hates Christmas as they're, you know, uh, been running from evil gremlins that her dad went missing on Christmas Eve some years ago. And after Christmas, they noticed a smell called the fire department and found out he'd tried to climb down the chimney in a Santa suit with presents for them and broke his neck and was stuck in the chimney. And it is never addressed in the rest of the movie. There is zero effect on the plot for that. Not only is there no, like, addressing of that moment in the actual plot, but it doesn't even affect the plot that she hates Christmas. It's not even, it's literally like you took uh, a, a piece of, like, Will and Grace and shoved it into the middle of Schindler's List. Like, it just, it has zero impact, but to confuse. Um, and there's a lot of moments like that in Sister Krampus. Uh, so anyway, so we get sort of a lighthearted movie. I have a lot to say in, beyond what I've already said, but let's go. Tad, I don't think you had seen a Polonia Brothers movie uh, before. You did not watch Hell on a Shelf with us. Um, so what was your expectation versus what did you get watching Sister Krampus? No, I, I, I mean, I may not have, but I feel like I have. I feel like I've watched this movie like 20 times because all right um i hope everyone is prepared because after all we review movies and uh sometimes i'm gonna stick my fist up someone's ass this is one of the fucking worst movies i've ever watched why does this movie exist that's that the first question that i asked when the movie was done i asked why does this movie exist and the reason i asked that is because if you don't have the means to tell the story you want to tell don't fucking make it why does this movie exist and so let me get into some notes why <laughs> are the bonfire scenes so well filmed while everything else is shit why is it that every transition between the bonfire scene ends up in a daytime scene what the fuck just happened um the dialogue is very bad sure i can just say that's bad but why sure. Couldn't they do multiple takes to try and at least pretend that the accents mattered? Okay, like, <laughs> I, I get it. People probably weren't paid, but Jesus Christ. Um, a movie this bad needs tits, and this movie did not deliver. There was Mary Cleavage. That was about as good as you're going to get, and that's sad. Because if you're going to be this bad, at least throw some tits in. I We've watched multiple movies where at least they throw in some tits, you know? Um, I, there was a, how many times were we in that hostel that they were in and the, and the mic setup is so bad that you're hearing the fucking bed creak under Mary. Yeah, I was almost wondering, down. it sounds like the mic, I'm like, do they have lav mics that clip on? Because it sounds like the mic is actually being rubbed by the, by the fabric. Right. When, or, when she sits on it the It sounds bed. like Mary's just farting every time she needs to get into bed. <laughs> it does. So that's a problem. <laughs> I also love how her actress in most scenes is basically just me. Like that's her catchphrase. Like me. Like really, this is this is holy shit. Also, Nathan, I only found this out when you said it. Guess what? I dated a chick from Wellsboro, Pennsylvania. She still lives there. I guarantee she doesn't listen to this podcast. 
So that's, that's even true. I I, I, I think there's a strong chance that she is in a Polonium movie, however. No, um, she is not because I would know if she was. <laughs> so, um, okay. So we'll, I'll say this. Um, <laughs> you listed some great points. Yeah. So Polonia, ever since feeders, Polonia brothers have sort of discovered two things. One is like stock effects available. Um, which which we don't which we see a couple of we see Krampus's eyes have like the laser glow eyes that you sometimes see in like uh, free After Effects kind of programs, and then also the credit sequence like falling snow. The falling snow is also just superimposed in front. Um, which again, I actually don't, I, I don't really hold it against anyone to, to use those things. What I will say is I also was particularly. <laughs> scandalized by the fact that at this point the polonias have completely thrown out the idea of shooting day for night and just shoot day and call it night and it's literally the 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 height of afternoon uh it's like four o'clock and they're watching the bonfire which is stock footage from i assume a european village where they have some sort of compass knocked festival or some sort of festival where people wear masks and dance around a fire that stock footage and then cutting to straight up daylight, like bright daylight. And, and it's wild because you didn't, they didn't even throw a blue filter over it. Like, and certain things, yes, blue filters are bad in a way because we know it's the middle of the day. The 70s movies do this all the time because it's sure hard did. to shoot at night. It is, especially if you're using digital equipment, which everybody is now, because digital equipment picks up light uh even even worse in some cases than film uh, although you could argue one way or the other depending on what you're using but however but the blue those, light those, those would... solutions cost maybe a couple hundred dollars to fix those issues but not even i mean really because a blue light filter over a blue filter over the top we know it's daytime but it's like a it's a clue it's a symbol that it's nighttime we don't even get that it's straight <laughs> up daytime um and, and assume the zoom on their camera was really good. It could see all the way into all, nighttime. They could see all the way. They, they could literally. See, yeah. <laughs> this was actually a side story to Payback by John Woo, um, oh because God. they're literally God. seeing into the future they're seeing so far. Right. Um, yeah. Like that's yeah. how far the zoom on their camera would go. <laughs> I had I had one more question, Nate, which was yes. I'm not familiar enough with this studio, so the idea is, and I'm I'm thinking pure economics here. Okay. Um, micro budget you mentioned micro budget i am familiar with that zero monies cool so you throw a bunch of shit at the wall and it sticks and the idea is is that at some point you make enough money to make something that's quality right like quality over quantity right if you're gonna have quantity the idea is throw enough stuff to make money from what i can see is if you're consistently making micro budget no matter how hard you try you're doing something fucking wrong maybe that's just me <laughs> It, well, so, crazy? so here's the theory. Well, so there's been a lot of chatter in the Polonia fandom about the sort of I don't. It's not selling out. I don't. I don't think. I don't actually don't believe in the term selling out in most cases. What what the bad selling out is actually meaning that you're no longer making things that you care about. That's selling out. Uh, not I'm making money now or I'm making big movies. James Gunn. You know what I mean? Like that's not. I agree with uh, that. So, but in this case, there there has been talk that which I get this to an extent where they're like well we've been doing this for so long that i don't want to do other things i don't want to have a day job so how can we make how can we make this sustainable enough to survive off of without having a day job and volume is what ends up being the answer but the problem is is volume stretches your already limited resources and and focus thinner and thinner and thinner until you get hell on a shelf which is just a collection of scenes <laughs> Um, and and no special effects um, except for screen filters, you know, which I thought actually were used fine, but there there's no story and no action, so it's kind of like okay, that was painful. Um, this one is improved by the fact that there is a story. It may not be a well told story, but there is a story, right? Uh, sort of the, these two women, the sassy sister and Sister Krampus end up hey sisters i get it i didn't even make that connection Ooh, that's right <laughs> over my head um they actually like have this shared trauma of each being victims of sexual assault 
which is wild in this movie. Every time I say it, I'm like, am I re- am I am I reading that right? Yes, it is. That is the, that is that was in this movie. Um, and of course, all that stuff occurs off screen. It's just referenced, which makes it. It, it's the room level like Tommy was so like when uh, his girlfriend's mom comes in and is uh, and she's like, well, it's official. I have cancer. And her daughter yeah. goes, oh, mom, don't worry about it. <laughs> it just moves on and it has nothing to do with anything. That's the level of like noncommittal uh, tragic backstories here. So but could have but there is like some money. And they could have um, made a sequel to this called Sister, Sister Krampus, and they get the Maori sisters to come in as the the main characters. I think that would probably work out great. Okay, Sister, Sister Krampus. First off, I'm sold. Uh, where where do I sign? Uh, that does sound amazing. But yeah, I don't. I, I think there might actually be a sequel to this one in the works. Uh, actually, believe it or not, um, which and I believe it. Uh, but anyway, I so I I do appreciate that. I think that this was. Perhaps too tad, because uh, Mandy, you saw Hell on a Shelf, correct? Yes, I did okay. see that. Yes. I feel so, like I was less critical of it than everyone else, which is, is my general stance on most things. Where I'm well, like, ah, we watched the I movie. Mean, like, one thing, I and, and Jeff, yeah. our common, you know, your brother, common contributor here, Jeff Tucker, uh, said that I would like to see what the Polonia brothers, or what the Polonias do with someone else's script and they have directed mm. from other people's scripts and because technically they actually did they have progressed technically like the cameras are in the right place the audio mm-hmm. is for the most part tolerable um certain you know what i mean like certain they're actually yeah. some okay shots here and there like they they understand that the and i think that's where this one well exceeds hell on a shelf for me is there was a story involved and and i think maybe we we could probably thank ron bonk for that for having the story idea even if he didn't write the script because that really does pull it together for me a lot more now mandy what were you expecting because you had seen hell on a shelf what were you expecting versus what did you get seeing sister krampus i mean i was expecting it to be even less jointed together than it was as you mentioned <laughs> right mm-hmm. uh i wasn't expecting so many different sets because hell on the shelf was just one house so that's kind of what i was thinking like that, that was like more how they made movies was just like a single location type movie mm-hmm. we got multiple locations in this um you know we got interaction there's what like three like eight ish actors that like you could identify as like being in the film so it's like a decently sized yeah, cast there you got it right there are eight people in the you film yeah. um and i enjoyed the end like for me that was kind of <laughs> worth worth the, sitting through this difficult film was that yeah. that they were having fun so like my favorite thing about watching all of these cult films, all of these micro-budget films, like the make it on the weekend, have a day job kind of films, is that the people, like you can tell that they love it, that they are enjoying what they're doing and that it is a labor of love and they're just kind of showing up because they want to make a movie. Like it's what they're doing. And like you said, like selling out, like we don't always get that in Mm -hmm. like the classic films that we watch or like in other, like you go to the movie theater, like you you mm-hmm. tell like they're made for money they're not made out of like love of having a <laughs> possibly a story to tell <laughs> like, <laughs> right um but and then this one like you know a lot of it like it didn't really necessarily feel that way but at the end they had fun and i was like okay i'm glad i showed up for this and i stuck it through to the end so that's and i think yep. we didn't really get that in hell on the shelf i don't really remember that like they stay kind of like serious or stuck to the plot the yeah moment. there's no humor and this one is this so here's the ending guys here's the spoiler oh you're gonna tell end. people yeah i'm gonna tell people because i don't <laughs> okay. think it really i don't think it really for me it wouldn't spoil it as a polonia fan yeah. um so they defeat uh sister krampus and she is presumably dead whatever her her how you know her 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 ages ageless figure is gone and they then they're escaping uh just the surviving sassy sister and esmeralda the innkeeper are limping through the woods which we've seen several times 
and then Krampus shows up and they're like oh no and he's like oh thank you so much she's been a thorn in my side forever <laughs> here and he brings back the dead sister and Esmeralda's dead child from however many moons ago she's a little girl now uh she was a little girl then uh and so it's a happy ending and it's also like a, a my wife joke um which <laughs> So, and, and this, this is the point where I decided that I actually kind of loved sister Krampus as well, because here's the thing that sort of complete 180 on material is the kind of unexpected narrative breaking thing that really only occurs in a homegrown backyard movie. And it felt very Polonia. Uh, whoever came up with the idea it was very accurate you know when you're talking about because uh, for example and we will absolutely in the new year the plan is to cover the entire feeders trilogy since they finally finished uh feeders three last year and uh and and it's one of those things where it goes from serious movie to bonkers banana sandwich um uh, uh, just goofball, whatever. For example, I'm going to talk about Gremlins again because I think many people and listeners of this pod have seen Gremlins. And if you haven't, go watch it because this will make more sense. Uh, Gremlins is a like sort of 50s vibe adventure kind of movie in the beginning um, with the, the family and the traveling salesman dad who buys a mysterious creature, blah, blah, blah. But then midway, almost, almost the, the, to the, two thirds through the evil gremlins or have, have attacked, killed people, destroyed the town. And they're in a tavern, the bar and they're in the bar. And at this point it's when the movie it's when Joe Dante like took the book that said logic and realism and just threw it out the window, like totally threw it out. We go from that to all of a sudden there is a gremlin in drag. There is a, a, a jazz gremlin who is scatting on his breath and uh, a, a clearly uh, Caucasian gremlin who's hassling him, who is a prop comic. Um, there is a gremlin break dancing on the floor, like off the walls, banana sandwich. Let's just put every gag we can in here uh and and it's the breaking point of of everything uh it's just it's off the wall like it's a cartoon that is the progression of a polonia movie on occasion but the greatest thing is that that progression makes sense because you're going from a to b what doesn't make sense is when you go from a to b to a or a a b blah 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 you know what i mean you break you break there's no progress or there's progress and then a back step. You know, things happen, but it changes tone all the time. It's really, really weird. It's like if you ended um, Philadelphia with a joke, right? Like it's not, it's just not to be done. But when when these micro budget pictures do it, it's highly entertaining because I it's like, I don't really know how to describe it, but it's sort of just, how often are we truly surprised these days, really? Not very mm -hmm. often. I am not surprised very often. I mean, we we had a, a a reality TV clown as a president of the United States for eight years or six years. God, four years. Oh God, four. It was only four. Wow. It felt like eight. It felt, felt like, like eight, thirty. Huh? Um, yeah. Anyway, and 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 all sorts of things have just occurred in the world. It just it just I I need this madness in my life. This low level, subtle, complete break from any sort of logic. And that's one of the main things I love about these micro-budget, bizarre films, especially the best, as you said, Tat, are the passion projects. And you mentioned it too many. The ones the ones that people actually care about, those are the real passion projects. Um, but things like Sister Krampus, Feeders 2, and um, Shark Exorcist. Um, Don, I'm waiting for I, for for Shark Exorcist too. We we paid into that. Come on, I can't wait. That's uh, but, that's what I that's why that's why I was like, I feel like I've watched this movie before because yeah. it feels like everyone's trying to one up Shark Exorcist for me. Yeah, and um uh, uh and if people want a little bit more flash and a little bit more uh, professional audio, then uh, I happen to know that if you're in the states, the sharknado ultimate collection of one through six is uh, only 22 dollars right now on blu-ray so feel free here's the thing 
is Sister Krampus a good movie? Of course not. Of course not. It has a fantastic cover, thanks to uh, Sub Rosa Studios. Uh, but no, it, it is not. It, it is not a good movie. Is it entertaining? In portions. In portions. It, it, you know, people can debate. Um, is it worth watching? I'm gonna say yes. I really, I was happy the way it all rounded out. But pace is truly uh, a foreign word to this movie because uh, we get an intro, which is actually kind of actiony, right? We actually see Krampus murder these murder. They, they deserve it. These three uh, USGIs. And by the way, kudos to making them American soldiers and not Nazis or whatever else, because um <laughs> You know, we we can be just as awful as everybody else. And it's nice to see that sometimes in in cinema, not in the real world. Thank you. Uh, but the, there's so there's a little bit of gore effect. I say gore. It's dry, which is not very convincing. Uh, but we we see a stump of a head and it's kind of fun. Um, that's all we really get. Uh, and, and so it's actiony. And then the middle of the story has very little happening. Lots of walking back and forth. Um, we get much like Hell on a Shelf and every Polonia movie. We get some really great, like, realer footage of their houses, the actual houses where these people live, uh, and basements. We see things like that a lot. Uh, you actually get to recognize, if you watch as many Polonia movies as I have, you get to recognize, yeah, that's their living room. Yeah, that's the bookshelf in the hall. Um, yes, that's the, certainly the basement. Uh, I mean, really, like you, you understand the layout of their homes quite well. Uh, it's the middle drags. I mean, it does. There's no question. However, then the end for me kind of does bring it back around. Uh, the, the cast, we haven't really talked specifically about the, the players in this bit. Mary, the sassy sister who goes head-to-head uh, -head with Sister Krampus, is played by Rebecca Reinhardt. Now, Rebecca Reinhardt has been in, as most of these people, many Polonia movies. Um, but she's also been in a lot of other Z-grade horror movies that are fun. Um, let's say, how about Catnado, which isn't out yet to my knowledge, but should be out soon. Or might be out. Sharks of the Corn um uh <laughs> the embalmers from 2021 so she she's got some some z grade chops her sister jody uh who who is raised from the dead later is uh, played by uh, mary excuse me marie di lorenzo she's another one from this the stable of polonia and then sister krampus so there were two people that actually stood out to me as doing a pretty good job in a weird thing. And that was um, Sister Krampus and Esmeralda. Sister Krampus is played by Danielle Donahue. She was in Empire of the Apes, I believe. Um, she's, But she's been in a lot of, of Polonia movies. And uh, Yoli Canales plays Esmeralda. I actually thought they did pretty good. At first, especially Esmeralda, it's like such a ham-fisted, like, here's your food. Like this, this total like Russian accent. But you know what? commit strong and wrong uh, as is often said like if you're gonna do it and you can't do it well just do it hard and it, at least it gives me some entertainment um sister krampus daniel donahue um you know i think i think she's beautiful she always plays like the pretty and so it was nice to see her as like the 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 sort of evil sister krampus and she does play it with like sort of a demure what's the right word sort of a caught like a world weariness and a victim attitude because i mean obviously she was a victim but now she's victimizing other people right and feeding that's her thing is she ends up feeding on people to survive um eating their 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 heavy hearts basically so if you're a happy person you're no good to her but if you have damage in your heart uh like not from mcdonald's but like from incest then you are food for her um and and she plays it kind of straight um like she's actually she doesn't have any funny lines she plays it straight and she does a good job especially nearing the end nearing the climax when the sister mary is is roped to i guess a pillar in this basement that's supposed to be a a bombed out um uh, nunnery uh, and she's like mixing the form, the potion that will let her eat the essence or whatever. And they're having this conversation, and she's not looking at her. And she's just, I thought it was very natural, which is weird because, of course, nothing in this is natural. 
Um, so I don't know if you guys noticed any any stellar standouts or terrible things. They rely a lot on uh, Rebecca Reinhardt Mary's face because she does great mugging. Like, but they have her rolling her eye. Like, they have her doing so many oh shit shots of rolling her eyes, grimacing, sighing, smirking. That like yeah, the, yeah, they came off to me as just like way too much kind of showing. Like, are telling yeah. versus showing, even though there's not, like, actual words going on. You're just like, yeah. this is overused and too much. It, and, totally. like, yeah, and just, like, you're not, I don't know, <laughs> I would say insulting our intelligence. We are watching this film. But, like, did <laughs> well, figure it out from context, like, probably how people are feeling and, like, what's going on without literally being told to like, be every fair, single Mandy. thing. They did insult her intelligence because they decided they needed to entirely add scenes from the intro, which you'd already seen, yes. to remind you, hey, guess what happened? Yeah. You remember this. So, yes, yeah, that was annoying. That was yeah. So, annoying. so what you're referring to is, is certainly this is an hour and 16 minutes and, and some change. It's an hour and 17 minutes, we'll say. And that's not a long movie, but the intro is probably about five minutes where we go back in time and see these three GIs bumble around. And by the way, their physical acting did make me laugh because it seems like it's supposed to be serious, but they're acting literally like hitching their pants up and doing like a barrel walk, you know, through these, these European woodlands. Um, and uh, we see this footage again, right before the, the final act starts with just a couple of new scenes added just just a smidgen and none of the original bit is cut out now here's my thing at this point most of micro budget community considers a, over an hour or an hour to be a movie that's a feature right like if you were going to play on television with that would be padded out with commercials and it would be an hour and a half um this movie had the ability to not show us five to 10 minutes of reused footage, but it chose to show us. And it's not Tad's making the, the like, yes face is true. <laughs> and instead of like interspersing, cause you know, when this device is used, usually how it works is that you watch the same scene. You're like, wait, we already saw this, but then something new happens. Like you see them slip the pen out of the pocket or steal this, or um, all of a sudden then the scene ends, but it continues going where the original shot ended. And we see that somebody comes out of the shadows. Like it gives us something new and it makes the aha moment. There is no new information here. Even though there's a couple of new little scenes, much, much less than the, than the runtime of this section. Uh, it's all information we already understood. We see her become Krampus's bride. And by that, I mean, they hug. Uh, <laughs> and and uh, no, no six for the sisters. Done with that. Is that how that works? Apparently, um, I was expecting, I'm expecting Sister Krampus 2 uh, to, to be Sister Krampus 2 Krampuslings. And it's the kids and he has to juggle them. And they're like, well, we want our mommy. Um, anyway, it would be totally great. Uh, Mark, hit me up. We'll talk about it. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's how that device usually works of reshowing a scene, and it just it doesn't happen here. It just seems like we see this scene to pad time, and again, an hour and seventeen minutes. We didn't need the. There's seventeen minutes you could have chopped. That's well more than the scene. You did not need it. So I don't really understand the intent. I think on the script page, it probably was like she reminisces about the terror, but. We didn't want to film an actual like sexual assault scene, which I understand. It's not that kind of movie, you know. This isn't Hound Dog. You don't you don't want that level of of trauma in your bad Krampus movie. Um, but you really didn't have to inflict that entire opening on us again. It was fine the first time. It was not fine the by the, the by the way. Time. This this movie made absolutely no effort to actually feel like it was supposed to be a Christmas movie. Basically, it's Merry <laughs> Christmas, and that's the only thing you get. Like, they couldn't even put a string of fucking lights inside the hostel, the bar. The bar could have had a string of lights, and it would have made it feel Christmassy. The cover is, like, got a Christmas tree and lights in it, and there's there's nothing. There's none it's of It's European that. Christmas, Tad. It's European Christmas. You get you know chocolate what, did you know in your in clog, Europe, and that's did it. you know in, in Europe, they have strings of lights and trees with decorations on them? <laughs> 
they we saw the warm milk okay i don't know what else you want um <laughs> yeah no it's it's uh also we get this thing where a lot of times the sort of we're supposed to like somebody or the lead characters because they're snarky and like haha but we actually like initially don't really like these people because when they go at least the sister who ends up being the uh the the heroine because she's really sassy to esmeralda even though esmeralda is like very blunt and weird like she's insulting the food they're insulting the food essentially to her face she's literally four feet away behind them uh it's just it's you're like you're like okay all right this is why people don't like americans abroad um yeah so i get but you know it, it was a, it was a they tried they went for it it didn't succeed but they went for it so we'll round this out to a recommends. I will start because I always end up giving it away before we get there. If you like Polonia movies, uh, the old ones, I and you've been burned by some recent ones, like a lot of people didn't like, we haven't talked about it on this pod yet, but Dune World um, or, uh, uh, of course, Hell on a Shelf. Um, I say give this one a try. This felt, there's a lot more Polonia-isms in here uh, from the old school that I enjoyed. Um, could it be taken farther? Yeah, of course, absolutely. I would have loved to have seen what this movie became if uh, Mark and John tackled it in like 2008, right? Like, uh, or 2007, whatever. Um, that would have been fun uh, because I think there would have been, the gore would have been more, there would have been just more effort. And I'm not saying the effort, I'm, unlike Hell on a Shelf, I think the effort was valued here, but it wasn't taken as far as it could. Uh, to be really memorable. Uh, but I, I I was pleased. I was really pleased that it wasn't another Hell on the Shelf. The story the story made sense, mostly. Um, the ending was just pure ridiculous ridiculousness, and that really got me. Uh, the music's actually pretty good in this one. I'll give it that. The music track I thought was good. Um, but those those little things, I really want them to put a little bit more in to, to the post-production process to Get us that blue filter, at least, for the day for night. And, um, you know, um, Anthony, I know you're handling the special effects. Get some, at least some caro syrup or something, um, uh, or, or you know, um, FX goo on those wounds. You know, I want just a little bit more attention to that viscera. I know it sucks. I know it sticks. I know you can't clean it out of your car, upholstery. Tell me about it. But just, just put that little extra in, because I really think it's going to make it better i think it's worth the effort it's it's value added rather than an unnecessary change um but i did like sister krampus and if you've never really experienced one of these micro budget i'm using that term because that's what people like to call it in the critic world but really we like to call it um no budget or ultra low budget uh, or backyard films I, I like to call it backyard films because really it tells you exactly what it is the charm comes from the fact that they're doing as much as they can with what little they have on hand and it has this personal touch. So I say yes. If you really can't stand like boring conversations about movies, the, no, this is, you're not going to enjoy this. Okay. Um, but that's not what this movie's for. Let's go to Tad. Tad, would you recommend Sister Krampus from 2021? If so, why and to who? Micro budget implies to me back when we just went to Taco Bell because we were too poor to eat real food. Okay. That that's where we're at right now. No, they had the best dollar menu or value menu, but yeah, dollar menu is too expensive. Now McDonald's is now trying to treat itself. Like it's a fucking like upscale restaurant. Like screw you. You're you're McDonald's eat a cheeseburger. No, Nate, I do not recommend this movie. Um, this is, <laughs> uh, there was an attempt the movie. Um, there's a burned out, uh, string of Christmas lights that I could go outside, hook up, and go, oh, the lights don't turn on. But I would still be like, yay, I tried. That would have been a, that would have been a better uh, use of my time. I will say that you're right about the Christmas. I actually did get a little bit more Christmas element from this, I guess. I don't know, maybe because I just, it's Krampus, and that's what I, I associate Krampus with Christmas time. But it made me think of um, when we talked last year about Anna and the Apocalypse, the Christmas, the UK Christmas musical. And that was my critique of that movie as well was it didn't feel like Christmas. Um, it, it told us it was Christmas. And I think you're right. I think that's a, a, a valiant effort. There could have been more content to world build in that middle section where there's all these repetitive conversations with the sisters and with Esmeralda where they're like, what are your Christmas traditions around here? And it would have been perfect example to discuss Krampus. Um, so point taken, Mandy, do you recommend 2021 sister Krampus? If so, why and to who? 
first off the whole like seasonal thing my brain kept telling me we were seeing what krampus does on his summer vacation it is so the piece. summertime it is so not <laughs> like, like, i was i was gonna say year. nate did you know it snows in austria so at that time it, of the year it, it would ever be snowing. here's the thing i'm right. bad at geography in, like, but i googled tops? it and it is true it doesn't always but it does snow and it is cold and they are clearly hot in this, in this she climate. has a sunburn on her goddamn arm in one of the scenes. I saw it. <laughs> it's a yeah, Krampus anyways, burn. My, it's a demon yeah, Krampus, my, burn. It was, Krampus burn. Krampus burn. It's Krampus's summer vacation. <laughs> Sorry, what were you saying? Oh man. So it was Krampus's summer vacation, like his summer romance, <laughs> like Greece slash Krampus. See, that would actually have made the movie make more sense for me. It would. Um. <laughs> yeah. So, I would recommend the 30 minute recut with blue filters that my brother will do. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that this, you know, it was fun. You actually could have probably condensed this into like an entertaining segment in an anthology movie of, yeah. of like, of, of low, but ultra low budget Christmas things or campus things. Um, I could totally see that. I, we could just I, add in the Christmas lights and Christmas decorations, like on the, you know, the the filters we were talking about they like can the do what, what k gordon murray like did just... a lot of times in the 60s like just add um bell sleigh bell sounds to the mm -hmm. to the opening credits yeah yeah oh um, my god oh, totally so anyway i would recommend that version but the one that we got no just <laughs> you know well you know yeah nate at times like this all i can do is think about how like man um glenn danzig isn't a great filmmaker but that scene with the cop eating the donut was fucking genius <laughs> Like that scene was amazing. I remember that scene. <laughs> you know what's you know what's really crazy about <laughs> about the whole thing is so Glenn Danzig, <laughs> and we will be talking about his vampire western. Um, how do I put this? Is it even out? Is it out yet? No, it's still been screening occasionally. Um, so Sister Krampus, the Polonia. I feel like Mark Polonia. And Anthony Poloni at this point now know how to make a film, and they recognize that there is such a thing as story structure. Glenn Danzig still does not comprehend that there is a way to say this is a story because it goes from here to here to a resolution. I'm he not does saying. not understand. I'm not saying and so he knows how to it's story so works. wild because. <laughs> It's it's just so wild that someone um I'm trying to think of a good example that isn't really offensive to anybody. I, it's sort of like it's like uh, uh, in an old cartoon where a child or an old TV show when a child makes a mud pie and gives it to their parents say eat it like they recognize <laughs> that there is a shape and a visual appearance of pie and then it is made out of physical matter that exists in the universe and can be manipulated by hand they understand that they don't understand that they can't make something look like a pie and have it be a pie so it's like when you look at a glenn danzig uh movie and of course we only really have erotica to, to speak you, of right you, now there's only you're... one after all uh if you've uh <laughs> it was enough um if you <laughs> if you see uh if you if you make it look like a movie it can still not be a movie sure you know? absolutely absolutely and and that's and that is something that i will say sister krampus has it over veronica now would i which one would i watch to be entertained more probably veronica it's that's a real tough call though that, because that last point. that last anthology segment from veronica is a bit like breaker it's a bit the, yeah the neck breaker was fine i mean where else can you hear uh a, a woman say uh uh as fucking is my specialty uh that that is you know that that line is is uh i heard the academy is giving a special award for best line of, of all time in a movie and that's probably it yeah we've got off track but i get what you're saying uh yeah so sister krampus if you want to pick this movie up um you can get it at, at, at amazon whatever but i actually recommend please support the small distributors who also are producing movies right like srs cinema um go to srscinemastore.com you could check out i mean we've talked about donald farmer here many times you know shark exorcist was our very very first move um cult movie here uh in, in the first pairing in the first episode 
uh, on the pod. So we're big Donald Farmer fans, and uh, Donald Farmer has has lots of movies there. Polonia, uh, lots of movies there at SRS Cinema. And there's also, if, if you like, I like hearing about this, but I really don't want to watch a bad movie. They actually have a lot of really interesting films. Um, they've got some new kaiju films from some small studios in Japan, uh, a, 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 a quote-unquote long-lost uh, Korean kaiju. This is really fun stuff. So go check it out. They always have sales going on. Uh, support srscinemastore.com, okay? Now, also, please... Keep your ears to the wall and the radio or phone, whatever the hell you're listening to this on or watching it on <clears throat> for new news from Colton Classic Films because ColtonClassicFilms.com, that's the home of Colton Classic uh, Films podcast. We have some really big news coming out. I've been saying this for literally a year and it is real and it has not slowed down. In fact, it's sped up. So in 2023, there'll be some awesome news coming out and we will we will be doing even more to bring awesome, weird, weird shit to, to you guys, our listeners and our fans. So go to coltonclassicfilms.com, uh, click on the newsletter link. There is no newsletter yet, but we're building the, the list. So sign up for that and we'll get you the news as soon as it is ready for consumption. I am your host, Nate Wyckoff. Please rate us all the stars wherever you get your podcast. Follow us, like, and subscribe uh, wherever you get your podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, send us your requests, hate mail, love mail, um, you know, Tell Tad to get his haircut. It is long. Uh, whatever you I want. I already got my to... haircut. Yeah, actually, I was going to say it's shoulder-like. Now it looks pretty good. <laughs> uh, th- by the way, there's a movie called Street Law. Rift Tracks just covered it. Um, it was definitely a vanity project by the lead. But he looks like an alternate version of Future of Tad. So if you go Google the movie Street Law, uh, that's what Tad looks like if you've never seen him. So please, please, please tell your friends about us. That's the number one way. I have babbled about all the things you need to do, but really the biggest thing you need to do is listen every week to Colton Classic Films Podcast. Thank you so much. And to play us out, as always, is Chud with All About Evil. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Colton Classic Podcast. This podcast is important to me, but what's more important are the rights, privileges, and freedom from violence of everyone in this country and in this world. And that means supporting Black Lives Matter. If you'd like to make a donation, please go ahead and visit coltonclassicpodcast.com where we have a list of places you can donate and help out. And please stay safe.